Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most unbelievably spectacular, you would not believe it, we're recording this at three in the morning in front of the entire press corps, this is the most exciting podcast that's ever happened in the history of podcasting, speaking of which, I am joined by the most exciting co-host in the history of podcasting, he also got up at three in the morning to do this. That's how important and exciting this episode is. It's Mr. Everett Fardell. Steve, I'm going to one-up you. Not only did I get up at three in the morning, but I called the fire department and hired them to come out, and they extended their extension ladders, and I'm staring at a 3,000-square-foot banner of the lessons learned from Donald Trump podcast in front of my house right now, and it's glorious. <laughs> and you have all the media trucks from all the local radio and TV stations in front of your house. They're starting to show up, trying to figure out what's going on. Because there's no way we, rec- we could have recorded this at any other time but 3 a.m. Well, there's I, no you know, way. What do you it think? had to be done at 3 a.m. What, what do you think, that we make our own decisions about our time and schedule our own lives and, and, and have autonomy over our, uh, over our schedule? What's wrong with you? Uh, you don't think we're, we have enough power to be in control of schedules of things. What, are we the president? <laughs> <laughs> okay, dear listener, I'm sorry, but I... Oh, it's, I think it's fairly obvious. We're talking about the hilarious charade of a spectacular, unbelievable event that Donald Trump created out of thin air and out of his brilliant marketing mind of this incredible song and dance he put on of bringing these three hostages home. And it had to be done at 3 in the morning so he could show how dedicated he is. Wow, Trump is out there at 3 in the morning. He really cares. I'm becoming more and more convinced every day that the T in P.T. Barnum stands for Trump. It's amazing. I'm telling you, here's how the conversation goes. I'm almost sure this is how it went. Um, uh, Mr. President, the hostages were released, and here's what's going to happen. They're going to leave Korea at uh, whatever time. They're going to arrive in Anchorage, Alaska. Then they'll refuel, and, and, and they'll get debriefed and a little, like, uh, checked for diseases and whatever for a few hours. And then they will leave at uh, whatever time so that they'll arrive in D.C. at 9 a.m. And you can go greet them and all the media will be there and it will be fantastic. And Trump said, no, 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 what are you, ridiculous? No, they're going to arrive at 3 in the morning. And that way, I'm going to have the whole press corps. I'm going to really show them, you're not getting no sleep tonight, dudes. You all have to show up at 3 in the morning. And then I'm not just going to have these people just walk off a plane. No, I'm going to have... Two fire trucks in the background with their 200-foot ladders all the way up in the air stretched in between them, a football-sized American flag that we're going to get from the nearest stadium and hang that up there. We're going to have the, not only me and the First Lady and the Vice President and his wife there, the entire meeting with all their flashbulbs going off because it's 3 in the morning. I'm going to make a whole big, incredible deal of this thing. Oh, and by the way, who are these three people? Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, none of them were born in the U.S. Second of all, they're all named Kim. No relation, I'm sure, but they're all named Kim, and no one in America knows of them, knows their name. Not no one. I'm sure their wife and their mom does. But, like, basically, these are nobodies, 
And it, so, so, so that's probably also part of the conversation. Yeah, the only thing is, uh, Mr. President, is these guys are really nobodies. You know, nobody in America knows them. Nobody really cares. Nobody's been counting the days that, since they were captured. None of them were reporters because if they were, you know, the media always goes crazy when reporters are captured. But right. none of them were. So none of them got any publicity. No one knew who they were. And actually, they're all three named Kim, which is a little also embarrassing. And, uh, but even one of them is going to need an interpreter because he doesn't even speak a word of English. So when he comes off the plane and you say, welcome to the U.S., he's going to go, huh, what? And he's going to need a translator. That's how <laughs> ridiculous this is. So it's really not a big deal when these guys come home. Second of all, Obama brought like a dozen of these guys home. Third of all, two out of the three guys were captured within the last year. I mean, they've barely been in prison at all. They're in perfectly good health. They were captured on your watch to begin with, Mr. President. Like, I wouldn't really play this up. It's not really a big deal. He said, oh, yeah? Are you, you're talking to the host of a number one rated reality TV show. Remember that, okay? We're going to play this up as if it's the greatest, most patriotic, amazing thing ever done by any human being in the history of the world. That's right. It's a big deal because he made it a big deal. That's right. So. And that is the lesson learned from Donald Trump. The translation, exactly. dear listener, to your business is no matter how mundane or run-of-the-mill or it happens all the time or it's no big deal thing that happens in your business, it behooves you to think, how can I make this into an earth-shattering, incredible big deal? Because you know what happens? People start believing it's a big deal. Well, exactly. See, I, I want to use a, uh, I want to use a, a, two old marketing examples, if I may. One is we use real ink. I don't know if you've ever heard of this one, Steve, but uh, I love old it. Printing company, uh, old printing company, sometimes at one point ran an ad, and in the ad it said, "We use real ink, the brightest blues and the most radiant reds, and the blah blah blah." Well, of course, they use the same ink, but they didn't say nobody else used real ink. They just said we. They built up, we use real ink, and it's beautiful and it's great. Got a ton of business. But the other really great one was Claude Hopkins with I think it was Slit. It may have been Cord. Oh, maybe no, it was Schlitz. Was it Schlitz? He's walking through the factory, and they're going through all the stuff that they do to brew the beer. And he's like, oh, my God, why aren't you telling people about this? And they're like, well, everybody does the same thing. He's like, yeah, but nobody knows everybody does the same thing. Yeah, as the story goes, that happened when they got to the room where they washed the bottles that were returned. Yeah, exactly. And And so you're right. They're showing the process. And Claude Hopkins, for people that don't know, was a legendary copywriter. It's his job to write the words that go into the advertising. He said, therefore, sorry? How could somebody be in business and not know who Claude Hopkins is? Um, Unfortunately, I'm going to predict that 90% of our listeners don't know who he is. But anyway, so Claude Hopkins said, give me a tour through the factory and tell me about each step in the process because I'm going to pull out some mundane, otherwise taken for granted, ridiculously nothing thing and make it a big deal. And he found it, and they went through their bottle washing procedure, and he came out and said, wow, these bottles are washed three times or something, or whatever it was. And then, of course, David Ogilvie, did the same thing years later with um, uh, Rolls-Royce uh, with, the, with the clock. The, it's yep. so quiet you can hear the clock tick. Like that's what you think about when you're driving in a car, the clock. But no, with the cigarettes, what's the brand? that? Be, uh, Lucky Strikes. They became number one cigarette in America with the phrase, it's toasted. Right, right. Same everybody, thing. 
copywriter walks through the factory, uh, through the through the whatever where they they do the tobacco, the whole thing, the whole process, and they said this is the room where we toast the tobacco and we do this and do that. And he said, wow, that's pretty impressive. You do all that. He goes, yeah, everyone does. That's how it's all done. He goes, yeah, but I've never heard of that before. Which tells me that, that just like Claude Hopkins, nobody knows. So nobody's heard of this process. If we put that in the ad, it's toasted. That just sounds great. And they're like, don't be uh-huh. ridiculous. Everyone toasts it. He goes, don't, just like you just said, Everett, doesn't matter that everyone does it. In the industry, everyone knows, your prospects don't know anything about your process. So pick a mundane, run-of-the-mill part of your process. So if you're a roofer, talk about the hammer you use. Talk about the... I actually, I helped a roofer put some marketing together where he talked about the nails that he used. Now, I know, Everett, you owned a roofing business, so you would know this. We put right. in the ad that he used a certain wire brads that were some kind of a gauge 50% more than code. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Whatever. We, we, uh, we, we drum that up in the marketing like crazy. Oh, also the lining. There's some kind of lining under the roofing that he used a quarter of an inch thick or an eighth or a sixteenth, some ridiculous amount thicker than the code. And right. so we put that in the marketing. How look? He's using fifty percent stronger nails and thirty-eight percent better lining and this and that. I said, what? It was a, it was a, you know, whatever Brad instead of a whatever Brad. It was a, we, but, but. But we made that distinction, and we're able to raise his prices and get him more business by doing it. One of the things we used to to do is use stainless steel nails. Maybe that's what it was. We'd make a big deal about it because you can use galvanized nails, at least at the time. We'd say, you know, we use stainless steel nails on all exterior applications and blah, blah, blah with the roof. So they don't rust. um, And then we would, yeah, so there's no rusting. And we'd show a picture of a rusted roofing nail and a picture of a stainless, brand new stainless steel nail. And and then, but here here was the thing. We'd say, now, why don't most roofers use stainless steel nails? Because what you might not know is that a box of nails, a box of galvanized nails, costs $20. A box of stainless steel nails cost $200. Now, what the homeowner didn't know is that you use, you know, you're selling a $12,000, $15,000 roof, and you might use two boxes of nails on the roof. So it's a negligible cost, a few hundred bucks on a $12,000 sale. But the homeowner didn't know that. The homeowner you say negligible, but it's not negligible enough that every other roofer is too stupid to do it. It's, it's just too stupid to do because they just wanted to pass code. And we wanted to sell more roofs at a higher price. So each way right. We had different focus, different interests. So, yeah, you, you just pick something and make a big deal out of it. You had a great example, Steve, if you have a new hire. And, and I thought it was great as far as managing employees and keeping morale up. But, it, but Well, yeah, see, most people, when they hire somebody new, they just go, oh, you know, the guy shows up, the secretary says welcome and walks him over and goes, here's your cubicle. Manager will be right. over in a few minutes to drop some work on your desk and get to work. But someone who knows here's really what they're doing throws a party. On your own. They trumpetize the thing. Let's have a party for these three unknown nobodies at some ridiculous time just to show how dedicated Trump is. Because I'm pretty sure there's no way Trump didn't know anyone important enough to change the schedule of that flight coming in. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) It's Air Force Two or something. I'm pretty sure Trump could have said, what are you, crazy? You're not coming in three in the morning. Yes, you are. You're coming in three in the morning. So you have a new hire, and what do you do? You don't just innocuously, quietly, calmly walk him over to his cubicle and put him to work and let him get welcomed in by immediately the most disgruntled employee, of course, will walk right over to his desk and make sure that new guy is now disgruntled. You invite, you welcome him in with tremendous fanfare, balloons and a cake and a welcome. 
welcome in and it's unbelievable and a big announcement. You have him give a speech about where he was before and most importantly why he's so excited to be working with the company. And you make sure he gives that speech the minute he first comes in the office because in minute two he's already been accosted by the most disgruntled employees there and he's already soured on the entire company and thinks the place right. sucks. So you immediately, after the interview, get him to say how excited he is. I did this, by the way, when I had my Chicagoland Sharpest Entrepreneurs Marketing Group for six years, and I would welcome new members. I had a monthly member meeting, and I would give a free admission to a first-time guest that was brought in on a referral or whatever. They can come in and, and go through the whole meeting and experience the whole thing and eat all the food and do all the networking and learn all the stuff and, you know, great experience. But at the end of it, I would say if you ever want to come back, well, you got to be a member. Not fair to everyone else in the room that you could ever come back again for free. Everyone here had one shot to come for free. You had two, three hours to figure it all out, meet everyone, make your decision. Is this something you ever want to come back? If so, here's a trial membership. I gave him even a discount on a trial membership to try it out for another couple of months. And so some of the people that had come, at least half every time, and I usually had 10, 15, 20 guests, so I get, you know, 5, 10 new members a month, and I would bring them all up right at that moment at the end of the meeting when they handed in their forms. I bring them right up to the front, and I pass down the mic, and I go, hey, let's welcome them in. What's your name? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Let's give them a big round of applause. Welcome. Blah, boom. And then I'd hand them the mic and say, what are you most excited about the group? Why'd you join? What's most excited? exciting to you. And I would get these 10 people every month to be right in front of everybody proclaim why they're so excited of the group. If I, Like I said, if I would have asked them even one month later, they already would have said, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I learned a lot of stuff, but I don't really put it into use and I, I don't really do a lot with it. And so I haven't really made a lot of money from it. But, you know, I enjoy the food and the networking, but, uh, you know, I don't really do this stuff. If I Just like here, people might enjoy the fun we're having and the jokes and, you know, the podcast, but how many people have it in 120? 12 episodes have implemented 112 different tips. How about 100? How about 50? How about 10? Almost nobody. But you still right. enjoy it, and you come here every month, and you're welcome, and we love it. And you can go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, and you can go get the advanced tip, and we hope you do that too. But you're not going to make money unless you implement the thing, and then you'll have a success story. So what I'm saying is you want to make a big show at the opportune moment that you can, and the most opportune moment is when exactly when something happens, when someone new comes welcomed and in. When anything happens, when you sign up a new, you know, restaurant, bars are great at this. They have a, a bell over the bar, and when they get a good tip, the bartender goes over and rings the bell. Now, what does that do? Absolutely. First of all, it gets all the bartenders excited. Hey, big tip coming, because they usually split the tips. So, hey, big tip came in, that's exciting, but what else does it do? Well, I'm pretty sure it sends a message to the whole rest of the bar. Hey, a big tip came in. What about you, buddy? Yeah, stop being a deadbeat. So people ask, me, <laughs> oh, what's the bell for? That's when someone gives a good tip. No wonder you don't know what it is. Oh, <laughs> gee, here's 20 bucks. All right, ring the bell. Thank and if it's, as usual, if it's a smart bar and it has some skimpily dressed, beautiful, you know, whatever, uh, dressed in her short dress and or whatever at the bar and her tank top, tube top, whatever, and she looks at you and you go, what's the bell for? She goes, that's when someone gives us a good tip. Don't worry about it. You wouldn't know. Oh, the guy's going to love giving her 20 bucks and having her go, I'm ringing the bell for you, sweetie. Thank you. Right, exactly. So when you do any of this stuff, folks, we're going to coin a new phrase. You're trumpetizing your business. You've got to always find ways to trumpetize it. Trumpetize it. And listen, the other deal is do the same thing when you land a new customer. Make sure you trumpetize their experience. I, I know I'm moving into the advanced tip a little bit, so I apologize, Steve, but trumpetize your, 
Well, actually, that's good of you to say. I mean, on the advanced tip, we're going to share multiple ways to welcome in the new customer. But we'll tell you here, welcome all your new customers in multiple ways. And you want to know what those ways are, of course, go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and get the advanced tip because that's a huge one. Right away, you should be getting referrals, testimonials, online reviews, great feedback, upsells, people buying more stuff right away if you treat the new customer right. And the advanced tip this week is going to give you several ways to do that. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Everett. Any other thing before we go? I think that covers it. Yeah, that's just the scratching the surface of it, of course. Go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. Get the advanced tip. Put this into use, folks. Trumpetize your business. Make a honkingly ridiculous big deal out of something ridiculously nothing. And have fun doing it and make money.